What's up, everybody? My name is Adam, and I'm the host of the You Know Adam Same podcast, the show that is dedicated on bringing on passionate people, learning about their stories, and delivering value to entrepreneurs. So if that's what you're interested in, go ahead and follow, like, and subscribe. You know what I'm saying? How's it going, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the You Know Adam Same podcast, where you get to know a little bit more about people, passions, and all things business. Today, sitting across the way, I have John Keane from Bow Trader right here in Statesboro, Georgia. John, welcome to the show. Glad to be here, Adam. Absolutely. Uh, it's been a long time coming. We've been kind of, you know, trying to make this happen. I'm so glad to have you finally here and to learn more about the Bow Treader brand. Sure. Yeah. But let's start off a little bit about kind of uh, tell me a little bit about what Bow Treader does. So Bow Treader is a um, archery sporting goods retailer. Uh, so I would let's rephrase that. We're a sporting goods retailer, okay. and, and our anchor is archery. Gotcha. So we do a lot of other things as well, but but archery is the biggest the biggest deal for us. Uh, we're just man, our, our mission is to get people outside. Love that. Um, you know, we 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 have a really cool platform in archery with it being a lifetime sport. Um, so man, we'll we'll have folks that'll come in that are six or seven years old getting started, anywhere up to in their 80s that are still active in the sport of archery. So That's just, amazing. Yeah, so much fun. Tell me about when uh, Bow Treaders started. So we started uh, six years ago. Okay. Um, well, actually five years ago. We're going into our sixth hunting se- season this year. Uh, 2018 was when we got the company going, and you know it, it started the way I think any business should. We saw a business opportunity. Um, you know, it's great to have passion. Um, and our team has great passion about what we do, but if there's not a business need, especially in a niche market like that, you're always going to struggle. That's right. Uh, so I think that, that uh, identifying that there was that opportunity was the biggest part of getting that business up and running. And how did you see that? Well, we were active in the archery community, uh, not in a big way. We're, we uh, we like to hunt, uh, so that was something that, that we were engaged in. And... Um, we didn't have a very good outlet, didn't have a, a, a good spot here in Statesboro to be able to go and get the things that we needed. There was a lot of armories around here, right? Where yeah, a lot of like, gun shops yeah. and stuff like that, but nothing that really focused on archery. Um, so we would have to go to Savannah to go and get what we needed or um, go to Augusta or something like that. And uh, we just thought about it and said, man, there's, if we're doing this, there's got to be hundreds of people doing this. Yeah. Um, so identified the need and then started from there what was the community like before you guys got here like the archery community (laughs) you know i i think it was um i think it was it was there so you you didn't know you weren't sure i mean yeah i wasn't i wasn't involved in doing um you know shooting sports as far as going and doing target archery or things like Mm -hmm. that obviously we saw that there was something that was going to be happening because the shooting sports center was being built let's talk about that um so so we saw that the that the opportunity was going to be there and with talking with folks at the shooting sports center um you know it's it's um it's not something that they're trying to do a big retail side of um so it the the need was gonna definitely be there i think georgia southern is actually relatively unique of having um, a shooting center directly on campus. Sure, yeah. Just because it's kind of like, you know, one of those kind of like touchy subjects, if you will. Yeah. Um, but I remember when the when the center came up, and I, I remember just going there, uh, applying, and uh, kind of like enjo- enjoying their services. Sure. Um, that was in 2000, 
16, 17? I have no, no idea. No, I don't remember. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, but it was there before you started that. Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then they... so you reached out to them. And at that point, were you visiting the center often at no. all? Okay. No, I, I wasn't. You so know. you were still kind of like, you know, just in the zone. You, you just thought that there was a great community here that might want your services. Yeah, I mean, we, we knew, of, you know, other bow hunters that were engaged in the sport. And, mm. um, you know, it was just a... a it was a natural fit. You know, you think about talking with other folks that were that were bow hunters mm. uh, because that's really our primary focus is bow hunters. We love target archers. We love working with them. Uh, they're very specific in what they like to use. Okay. So it's very hard to stock something for them. Sure. Um, mo- almost any time we bring something in for a target archer, it's when we're actually building a package from the ground up for them uh-huh. um, and starting from scratch. And man, they're they're they'll come out of the woodworks with stuff that you know it's like either you've never heard of it or hadn't heard of it in. <laughs> in five years or something or yeah. you know but it's they they want something that's extremely specific whereas you know we we really work hard to curate what we carry for the bow hunter in our shop mm-hmm. um and um when a bow hunter comes in you know they don't have to worry we we got what you they got, need. got what they need yeah absolutely so w- walk me through this right so you know um maybe some of our audience and myself included I, i've never been on a hunt before right sure. like, so i've never been hunting before uh, I know that there's rifle hunting, yeah, um, and I know that there's bow hunting. Yeah, why would someone go towards a bow versus a rifle? I think it's more fun. Honestly. Yeah. you know, it, you 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 have to get pretty pretty intimate with the with your game when you're bow hunting. You uh-huh. know, when, when you're when you're rifle hunting, man, if you can get within 200 yards of something, you got it. You got it. So you have to get closer. It's the, it's yeah, the distance. Yeah, when you're okay. bow hunting, you know, you really ideally want to get within 20 yards. Wow. Um, you know, like, for instance, I harvested a deer uh, last season uh, back in October of 22, and I harvested that animal at six yards. So, I mean, I it's, so it's, yeah, I mean it's incredible <laughs> yeah. you know, to, to be able to do that. And, and you know, you're, you're really, to me, it is, it is about the sport. It's about being able to um, get that get that bow, get that piece of equipment, and get it completely customized to you. Mm. Um, like you couldn't pick up my bow and shoot it. Even mm. if we're close to the same height or anything like that, you would struggle to shoot it because everything is customized for me, for yeah. the way I look at it, the way I hold it. Everything's different. Okay. Whereas if I had a gun and you wanted to shoot my gun, I could hand it to you. And within a few shots, you could probably be hitting X's. Got right? you. Uh, so it's very different uh, in that respect. More customization is what I hear. It is the most custom piece of outdoor equipment you will ever buy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, I love this kind of like intimate, you know, thing that you mentioned with, you know, the, the, the game. Um, you know, when you are that close to like, so you're tracking, like, are you kind of like in stealth mode and, and getting as close as you can? Or are you allowing the, the uh, prey to come towards you? Yeah, I think it, it varies. You know, we'll, we will have um, times where you're out stalking and you, you're, you're trying to locate the animal and move closer to it and move in for a, for a shot. The The way that we hunt most of the time here is, is still hunting. Uh-huh. Um, most of us uh, within our little group, we saddle hunt. Uh-huh. Uh, so What's that mean? It's super light. It, it is, uh, it's literally a, a, a saddle, you know, that's made out of, uh, out of fabric. 
and you literally climb up in the tree and, and hang out of the tree in the saddle. Uh-huh. Um, so we'll go to areas and scout and find spots where we think deer are going to be coming through. Uh-huh. And you're able to be so quiet using that equipment um, that, like, literally that, that deer that, that I was talking about that I harvested in October, as I was getting up into the tree, um, six or seven deer walked right past me. They, oh. they had no idea I was there. Yeah. Uh, because when I went into the area, um, I knew that there were deer there. I played the wind, uh-huh. right? I wasn't having to work off of a stand that had been preset or anything like that. Uh, I played the wind, so the wind was in my face. They had no clue I was there. So as long as you're not making noise or movement, they have no clue. Wow. Right? Because the wind's blowing past them at me. That's the only. I mean, if you can if you can beat a deer's nose, and you got them. Yeah. Uh, and the same thing with a hog, and same thing with all kind of game. You know, God gifted them with incredible senses to be able to preserve themselves. Sure. Um, but He gifted us with incredible tools to be able to preserve <laughs> ourselves. Right. So. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun though. Uh, so I hear kind of like hog, I hear uh, deer. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you hunt? Yeah, so we'll be going on a bear hunt this year. Ooh, That's something we're pretty excited about. What is that like? Uh, I don't know yet. I'll, I'll tell you <laughs> first after. time. Yeah, it'll be my first time. Wow. Um, so yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you afterwards. Uh, and you know, on a first time hunt like that, who knows if we'll be successful? Or is not. there a gu- usually a guide that kind of like? We will not be you? going with a guide. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, we won't be going with a guide. We'll be going by ourselves. We'll go up sometime uh, this summer, uh, this spring and summer, and do some scouting trips and, and find where we're going to go and, and um, you know, kind of go from there. That's awesome. So, so take me through the journey, right? So, you know, I think we've heard a little bit about your expertise, especially in the um, – the uh this this bow hunting kind of like realm Mm -hmm. let's talk about you know somebody that you know potentially wants to get into this sport like are you seeing more people kind of like start moving towards bow hunting versus rifle hunting right now i don't know if we're seeing more people move towards bow hunting versus rifle hunting i think that um i think that the bow hunting or archery is more accessible because you don't have to have a spot to go and do it. Mm. You know, you can you can shoot a, a bow in the city limits in your mm. backyard, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you need to be smart about it. Sure. You, know, you need to realize you're flinging a, an arrow at, you know, a couple hundred feet per second. So okay. let's, let's be smart with it. Um, but I think the accessibility of it makes it so folks will come in. Uh, just yesterday, we had a guy come in. He's here at Georgia Southern as a college student. And uh, bought his first bow yesterday. Awesome. Um, you know, and, and he's been engaged in the sport a little bit, uh, but he's never had his own bow, never shot an actual compound bow. So, I mean, it was a blast to work, you know, through that whole process with him yesterday um, and get him going in the sport. So, um, so yeah, to answer the question, do we see more people getting into archery versus gun? I don't know. I don't know how we would even gauge that. Mm-hmm. Um, is bow hunting popularity growing absolutely it is yeah absolutely mm-hmm. you know we we, um, we just we really see it as a more viable part of the sport um, you know because like you said uh, certain subjects are pretty touchy sure right sure and um, I mean anybody that looks at our state and says that the population is not growing mm. is kind of being silly and, sure. and naive yeah. Um, and as population grows, hunting areas typically go down. Yeah. 
Um, so being able to go in somewhere and hunt with a rifle um, is, is going to continue to be more challenging. Uh, states like uh, Wisconsin and Ohio and Illinois, man, they're, they're, uh, their bow hunting numbers are so much higher than ours are. Um, frankly, really, because they have extremely small gun seasons mm-hmm. um, and, and pretty wide and broad bow hunting seasons. Uh, and I, you know, I don't know all the legislation that went into that, why they made those decisions, but it just feels like that that's kind of the natural progression that we see. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that um, you know, getting into bow hunting is is definitely something that that's got some staying power. I love that. Um, you know, my channel is really meant for entrepreneurs, sure. right? Like, yeah. you know, business people that, you know, are, are looking to maybe start their own uh, and something along those lines. And, you know, one of the questions that comes up often, especially with entrepreneurs, is kind of, you know, take me through like that first moment that you made the decision that this is what you were going to do. Because oftentimes there's a, there's a fear, right? There's a, there's a oh, or, or maybe there wasn't. Like, how did you feel about, you know, making that leap? And making the investment into this industry, you know, I, I I don't feel like there was a fear involved with it. You know, I felt really um, I felt really strongly about what we were going to be doing. Um, you know, we 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 really view our business as part of our mission. You know, so it's not just a business. Yes, it's a business, and we need to be profitable. I mean, there's no there's no doubt about that. I think I think that um, any business that you are ever involved in. You always have to remember that you have to be profitable, mm-hmm. uh, because if you're not, it's like taking air away from a person. Correct. It's not going to survive. It's not going to live. That's right. Um, so, going into it, we viewed it as a mission. We viewed it really as a ministry. Mm. Um, so, with that said, we felt so called, so strongly called to it that not doing it was more fearful than doing it. I understood. So, understood. Yeah. Um, and, you know, from there, you know, making that, that leap of faith, you know, how has the business grown? Well, I mean, just to, just to kind of look at the space that we occupy, right? I mean, sometimes that's, a, that's a, an easy way to, to look at how a business has grown. Man, we started out and we were in like 900 square feet or something um, and uh, had one little spot where somebody could test shoot a bow. And, um, you know, just a, a very small amount of, of, of retail space and, and um, have just been able to see that grow tremendously over the past five years. Mm-hmm. And, man, God has just been faithful to us. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I think that um, I think more than anything as a, as a business owner um, is I, my goal is to make sure I'm being a good steward to what I've been entrusted with. Mm. I want to make sure that I'm making decisions that's within his will, not something that is what I want. Mm. Um, and, and that's what I've kind of, um, I guess, racked my brain over more than anything else mm-hmm. is to make sure that whatever we're chasing, it's for the right reason. And give me an idea of that. So, you know, you started in a 900 square foot location. Yeah. Now, what, what are you, where are you at? So now we're in about 7,000 square feet. Wow. Yeah. So it's- Of shop uh, space? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yep. Which includes a range. Uh, we we do have a range where we're located, and uh, and really we're we're busting at the seams right now. You know, we're trying to make some decisions about, you know, what what do what's we do? Next? Yeah. What do we do next? Wow. What's what's the right thing to do? Uh-huh. Uh So then that that gets back to that business side of it, right? Mm-hmm. We we have to remain profitable. We we've at this point, 
anybody that's starting a business, those first three or four or five years, man, you should be evaluating everything so hard that it makes you sick. Mm-hmm. Um, because I want to know what it costs to unlock the door yep. every day. Yep. I want to know what my occupancy is. That's right. Right? So because I'm trying to figure out what my sweet spot is without comparing myself to everybody else in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think I think whether it's in, a, in business or personally, when you get into a space where you're comparing yourself to others, you can drive yourself crazy. So true. You know, so I think it's extremely important that you, you identify, okay, what is – what is uh, what's what's my niche? What is my calling? What is it that I need to be doing? And then how do I support that? How do I support that goal? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's true whether it's business or whether you're talking about your life, talking about your family, whatever the case is. Uh, there's a saying that's uh, comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah, I would and, definitely and, agree with and that. And how how has have you like? Um, led your team to not be so much focused on what everybody else is doing, but rather on what bow trader is doing? I think it's it really boils down to creating a culture mm. where we focus on what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and the way that you do that is when somebody brings something up about what another brand is doing or what another um, quote-unquote competitor is doing, you know, it, People view other shops as our competition, but man, we really work hard to work together with other shops. I mean, it, it is so cool. Like, you know, we, we have a shop that's located down in Savannah, and um, he's been doing this for almost 30 years, mm-hmm. which I have a tremendous amount of respect for because I, I see how hard it is. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, I, I needed something one day, and I reached out to him and said, Hey, I, I need this tool. I, I need it like ASAP. I can't get one. And he said, I got an extra one. Come get it. You yeah. know? And that was awesome. D- did you develop that relationship before? I mean, I didn't do anything to tear the re- relationship down mm. before, right? Um, and um, I think that that's something that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's room in this space for, for both of us. Yeah. Um, so um, did I do anything to, to cultivate the relationship beforehand? No, I don't really think so. But I think there was a, an obvious respect there. Um, which is important. There's, there's always, there always has to be a first step, and kindness and respect is a, is a great first step. Has that uh, developed your guys' relationship anymore, or is that just like kind of like a one-time No, yeah. I mean, we're, we stay in contact with each other. That's great. Uh, we, we, we stock a little bit different things, different, different inventories, and, uh, yeah, if we need something, we'll reach out to each other. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. very cool. I, I think, you know, business is one of those things where, you know, it, Back in the day, and before I think the internet existed, mm-hmm. uh, business was very cutthroat, if you will, right? Like people like always, and even right now, at times, if like the businesses don't see ITI or whatever it is, I, I think that there's an opportunity for that. But I think as time moved on, as you know, reviews came into place, as your reputation became more and more important because of the proliferation of information, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that it's so much more valuable in this day and age to be a kind kind of, you know, organization, to be, to treat your uh, employees with respect, to develop that culture, um, to, you know, work with other businesses. I think that that's such a valuable piece. Uh, you know, for, for you, as you've kind of like navigated this, um, have you have you had any times when you have seen kind of like you know these businesses that maybe don't do 
what is in your eyes potentially the right thing? Yeah, I mean, I think you see that every day. Mm. I, I, and I think that I think that just because information travels faster now mm. doesn't mean that we have more of an incentive to treat people with kindness. Mm. I think that from the beginning of time, we've had an incentive to treat people with kindness. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <laughs> I, I have a tremendous amount of motivation to treat somebody else with kindness because the amount of kindness that's been shown towards me, mm. you know. Um, so it's um, whether somebody... Whether somebody finds out about it or not, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, uh, it's it's my responsibility to be kind and to to take that first step. Love that. Uh, Bow Trader <clears throat> has four pillars that it works off of. Yeah, uh, let's kind of like walk through those and okay. talk about kind of like this culture that you're developing. Sure. Yeah. So it's uh, it's teamwork is the is would be the one that I would kind of point to first. Um, you know, and that's there again working to build that culture within our within our team um and um everybody realizes that they have a voice whether it's a part-time college student that's coming in um and they have a voice on big things like i'll talk to them about big stuff Mm. and be very transparent with them um so i think that that's a, a huge part of what we do um you know we we uh we started out the business thinking that it was going to be a ministry to the sporting community, to the outdoorsmen and outdoors women that we were going to be serving. And it is. We, we do get to serve them in, in wonderful ways. Uh, but then we, we got this extra surprise with these young men that we bring in that come to work for us. Mm-hmm. And, man, my wife and I, we, we feel like we, we get extra children when we do this, and, and I don't mean that in a negative way, sure. I mean that in the best way possible. Sure, um, you know, we adopt them into our family. We Love have that. them out for meals and and go to events together and and stuff like that. And and um, man, it's it's just it's incredible and it's hard, honestly. Um, you know, we feel like uh, we feel like college coaches or something, mm-hmm. you know, where we're going to get them for two or three or four years, and then we gotta we gotta let them go. Yeah, and letting them go is hard. Yeah, you know. And um, but but really get an opportunity to work with them and teach them how to have a job, because a lot of times they'll come to us having never had a job um, and we'll get to work with them their whole college career and teach them how to, to work, teach them, you know, that there's expectations, how to work together as a team. So that that teamwork is a, is a big part of what we do. Mm. Um, and then patriotism is a is a big part of it. Mm. You know, we love the country that we live in, um, and being a uh, being a viable part of of our local economy is is a big deal. You know, and that that uh, I think that I think something that that we miss out on. You know, so often tensions will get so high talking about political things and and stuff like that. And you know, politics is messy. Um, mm. I think anybody could agree with that. I agree. <laughs> and uh, and it's not just today. It's, yeah. it's been messy from day one. Sure. You know, I mean, we can go we can go back in our history and see where politicians, you know, dueled each other and one <laughs> of them died and you know, all this kind of stuff. So it's not it's not like it just with bows and arrows. Yeah, it's not like it it's not like it just got nasty, right? Sure. Uh, but but being a being a patriot where where we, we love we love our community 
We love the folks that are in our community. We love the folks that serve our community, whether it be uh, LEOs or firefighters or mm-hmm. military or veterans or wh- whatever the case may be, uh, doing all those things to support those folks um, and to, to kind of go out of our way to, to be appreciative to what they've done, um, I think is a big part of, of being a, a, a good company uh, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's important. Um, and then uh, that vertical part of, of what we've, we've been talking about, what we've been hitting on. You know, the way I view this world is this is nothing more than a surface deployment. I wasn't made for this world. Uh, I was made for somewhere else that is far better, mm. a place that I cannot wait to see. Mm. Um, and when I get there, I'm going to have a responsibility. I'm not going to be floating around on a cloud stroking a harp. Uh, you know, wherever that, that idea ever came from, I don't know. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, this, this is a surface deployment. We're here to, uh, to help people understand and know the truth. Mm. And, um, you know, and the truth is we're created for somewhere else. Mm. The truth is every single thing that we can see right now, including me and you, is going to be gone one day. Mm. Everything. This microphone, these lights, these cameras, it's all going to be gone, right? Those things are going to be gone really soon Mm. because those are going to be outdated and you're going to be like, all right, I need to upgrade. Sure. So we can understand that, right? Mm -hmm. But this flesh is going to be outdated pretty soon and I'm going to need to upgrade, Mm. right? And the truth of the matter is the only thing in here that's going to last forever is my soul and your soul. Mm -hmm. And it's going to reside somewhere for eternity. Mm. And there's two options. Mm. And I don't want one of those options to happen to me or to you Mm -hmm. or to anybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I said, there has been such kindness shown to me because I was on a crash course for an eternity in hell. Mm. And God stepped in through Jesus Christ and changed that for me. Mm. And, you know, the amount of kindness that he showed through that makes it so how can I not show kindness to somebody else? Mm-hmm. How can I not go out of my way to to have patience with somebody? Because I don't know what they're going through, mm-hmm. right? When we say that we're on a vertical mission, that doesn't mean when somebody walks in our door, we pick up a Bible and sling it at them as hard as we can. Or, I think that's, a, or, or, that, that, that's something <clears throat> that uh, I think a lot of people get twisted about sure. Christians. Yeah. It's like, you know, because there are some Christians that do do that. Yeah, I mean, I think so. And, and you know, I, when when somebody walks in the door, I'm not going to start speaking Christianese to them. Yeah, yeah I'm not, Christianese. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to be uh, <laughs> dropping Bible verses on them every other yeah. time I open my mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, you start with kindness. You you know what I find interesting, and I've been having uh, more and more of these conversations with entrepreneurs. Um, it seems as if you know, oftentimes um, your faith hold you grounded so that you know business oftentimes is this scary thing right yeah where like whole oh, there's like this fear and what was interesting to me was that you know your faith actually held you through all of that mm-hmm. where it was not as not to say that it's like a, a access a buffer or anything like that because i think it's more than that but your passion for the relationship with god basically makes it so that you know it's almost like it's as, as if it's in his hands. 
It is in his hands. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so you know, how how does one, you know, the decisions that you make from a business standpoint, mm-hmm. do you never have any fear? And it's like kind of just like, oh, because it's in his hands, like is it just like this blind faith? Or, mm-hmm. or would you say that there's like, you know, moments, still moments that, you know, am I making this right decision? Right. So... Um, I love the book of Proverbs. It's okay. the book of wisdom, right? Okay. Um, or one of the books of wisdom in, in the Bible. And in Proverbs chapter 1, which I read this morning, I, okay. have, I have a discipline of, of reading uh, a chapter of Proverbs every day. Okay. It's 31 chapters of Proverbs. It's pretty cool. It usually works out to where you get to read almost every chapter yeah. right, every month. So I was reading it this morning, and in chapter 1 it talks about um, – um, in, so in Proverbs, it talks a lot about wisdom and folly, those two things, okay. wisdom and folly, right? Wisdom being something that's good, folly being something that's bad, mm-hmm. right? And uh, in, in Proverbs chapter 1, it talks about eating the fruit of your own way. Well, remember how we talked earlier in our conversation? Mm. When I'm making decisions, I don't want to make a decision based on what I want. I want to make a decision based on where the Lord is leading us. Mm. Um, so, because I don't want to eat the fruit of my own way. Sure. My way is not good. Mm. Right. I'm, I'm still sinful. I still, I still struggle with different things. I make mistakes and I want to do, I want to carry out whatever his will is for my, for my life. Um, and I, and I see what you're saying about entrepreneurs. I think the biggest thing that, um, that I've learned from being an entrepreneur, I've been doing this, um, I mean, so I'm I'm 40 years old. Mm-hmm. I've worked for another company for four years out of my professional career. Mm. That's it. The rest of the time I've worked, it's always been, been for it's, yourself. It's been something that it's been entrepreneurial in nature. Okay. Okay. I think what entrepreneurs struggle with is not being able to differentiate their identity and their assignment. Mm. Right. They think. Um, and I don't want to say they think because I've struggled with this before, too. Mm. You know, I'm a small business owner. That's who I am. Well, no, it's not. Mm. That's not who you are. That's what you do. And I think the biggest thing that you can do is realize that that is not who you are. Your identity is something completely different. Mm. And that's that vertical relationship, right? Mm-hmm. My identity is I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. Now, he gives me some really cool assignments, Right. And, and we've got all these different assignments throughout life. Like right now, one of my assignments is is running an archery company. And it's a lot of fun. Man, I get to work with some of the coolest people you'll ever meet, whether it be people that are designing these bows that we get to, to put together and sell on a daily basis or uh, uh, folks that are coming in that are wanting to, to get engaged in the sport or that have been doing it for decades or whatever the case may be. We get to have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Right. But then I've got these other assignments, too. I've got these assignments of being a husband. I've got this assignment of being a dad. Mm. Um, I've got the assignment of being a mentor to some people, right? Um, and I was just talking with my, with my daughter and my wife yesterday. Um, I went and had lunch and uh, with, my, with, with my daughter and wife. And, and um, you know, I can always tell when, when they choose the spot because there's a doily on my plate when it's over with. So, 
You know, two things happened. They chose the spot, and I left hungry. Right. <laughs> so, but it was good, and 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 it's and it's good for for me to go and do stuff like that. Right. Yeah. That, that's it's proper for for me to do that. Um, but, um, you know, in all of Scripture, it doesn't talk about a workaholic. Sure. How often do you talk with somebody, and they they say that, or they you know they they uh, lament that they're a workaholic. Mm. And it never talks about that. Right? Yeah. And um, it doesn't talk about that because being a workaholic is not a real thing. Mm. All right. Being a sluggard is real. Sluggard? Yeah. Being a sluggard, being a sloth, mm. uh, being, okay. being lazy. Sure. That's real. Yeah. Okay. So if you're a workaholic, what what that really means is you're being lazy somewhere else. Mm. Okay. So mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're being a sluggard in another part of your life. Mm-hmm. So, which means you're not prioritizing well, which means you probably don't know what your your true identity is. Mm. You're you're getting your identity from something that you shouldn't be getting your identity from, which is not healthy. Sure. Um, so I think that that's as as a, as an entrepreneur, that is one of the best things that you can ever do is differentiate those two things. You know, I I, I I'm going to challenge this because you know for me. Uh, and and please kind of like advise me on this. Um, no, I may not be qualified for advice. No, it's okay. So. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, we're just having that conversation, sure. right? Uh, I, I think for me, it's you know, in order to to make a business successful, sure. Right, there's a ton of time that needs to be poured into it. So you know, I think oftentimes workaholics or like what they're just pouring their time into that thing. And so, like, how do you balance that? Because, you know, it, it's not, in my opinion, when I hear somebody that's, that wants to be an entrepreneur because it means that they'll, oh, they get to make their own schedule. It, it's not like that at all. Right? Yeah, so I have yeah. to kind of, like, you know, pump the brakes a little bit and say, like, you know, there is so much time that you have to pour into kind of like an organization mm-hmm. to make it profitable, to make it work. Mm-hmm. So how do you balance that, right? Like, so you're saying on one end, like, there's the identity side of it, mm-hmm. and then there's the actual work or assignment side of it. Mm-hmm. How do you balance that? Well, I think that the biggest part of that is is, um, let's say something changes for Adam. Mm-hmm. You know, what, whatever the case may be, you you um, you have everything change for you mm. by the end of 2023. Okay, right. Yeah. You're no longer doing a podcast. Okay. You're no longer at the center up here doing stuff. Everything about your life has changed. Mm. And you go the whole way kicking and screaming mm-hmm. because you don't want it to change. Sure. All right. What does it look like January 2024 or March 1st, 2024? All right. Are you satisfied with life or are you completely distraught in a place of depression because you're not doing what you think you are anymore so this is fat this is a great question right because yeah. oftentimes uh you know i'm involved with various a bunch of different things yeah and i and i allow really to be guided mm-hmm. if you will um you know things happen and i basically follow my nose and i kind of like allow these things to kind of like transpire and i'm kind of like just like okay this is kind of like the my reaction to it is what I can control. Right. And so if, even if like everything changes, let's say that, you know, like you said, everything is kind of like altered. I think that 
I'll be in a good place because I'll understand that that is where it's leading me. Sure. Okay. Okay. So does that answer the question at hand? Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess it does. You know, I, I think that, um, what was the original question that we started with? How do you differentiate those two? Right? Yeah. So, so, you know, we, ha- we have our work side and I- identity, right? Yeah. Like, and, and what, what the, the, the statement that was made was like, there needs to be a very stark kind of like differentiation between the two. Right. Um, and I, you know, not that I, I felt some way about that, but I rather like, you know, for me as an entrepreneur, I feel like there's so much that a person has to pour into that business in order to make it grow or to make it succeed. So, all right. So to answer that question, what I would say is we, we really need to do a good job with prioritizing things. Mm. Right. Um, and listen, this is not coming from a place of authority or, sure. com- or coming from a person that has figured this out. Sure. I struggle with this all the time. Mm. Um, but but I, I, like I said, I've been in the business community for a long time. And you'll see folks in the business community. You'll, you'll see specifically entrepreneurs. Well, not even specifically entrepreneurs. You'll see folks that are, that are man, running that race. Yeah. And they're not focusing on things that, should, that, that are actually priorities. Mm. Right? Um, like their family mm. is a priority. Mm. Their marriage is a priority. Mm. Man, when I see somebody's marriage fall apart because they were spending too much time on their work, <laughs> that's stupid. Yeah. You, know, you, you can always make more money. Yeah. You can always make more. Yeah. You can always find a better way to make money that's going to give you the opportunity to, to be a good husband yeah. or to be a good wife or yeah. to be a good dad or be a good mom. Mm-hmm. Right? So... Um, so being able to prioritize and realize which things are non-negotiable, you know, I mean, yeah. So being an entrepreneur, maybe it's really hard to take a week off to spend with your family. Mm. You know what? You need to do it anyway. Yeah. You need to figure that out. Yeah. Um, maybe it's really hard to, to leave that meeting early to make it to the ball game. Mm Mm-hmm. You need to figure it out. You need to do that. And then, you know, also there's going to be times where you got to miss a ball game. Yeah, because you got to be out of town. Yeah, but you 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 and that and that's the case with an entrepreneur or a, a business person working sure. for somebody. You know, sure. you're going to have those moments where stuff like that's going to happen. And if you're treating the things that are priority with priority, it's okay if you miss something. Sure. Because you know what? Out of those twenty games, you missed one or you missed two. Mm-hmm. Right? You didn't miss all of them. You didn't miss 18 and make it to one or two. Well, it makes right? sense. You makes understand sense. what I'm saying? So, and if, you, if you're if you struggling about what your identity is all the time, man, it's not even a priority. You're not even thinking about those things. So I, I think what, what's fascinating here is really that, you know, when we talk about kind of like the business, right, uh, the business is archery, Right. But what you're doing inside of the business, I think, is far more valuable, right? The, the, the business is the vehicle, right? It, it's kind of like the, the thing that's going to take you there. But the interactions with your team members, the, the vertical, like, right, like mm-hmm. you're saying, mm-hmm. is what really kind of like makes that business to you worth it. Yeah. Well, the business to me is secondary. Got you. Yeah. I mean, it's... I would say 1A is the people, mm. 1B is the business. Mm-hmm. It can't take second place because yeah. if it takes second place, it's not going to be profitable. Got right? you. It would be removed so much that 
you, you don't even focus on it enough. Mm. Uh, so I would say it's one A and one B, but the people are definitely A. Love that. Yeah. Love that. So let's uh, shift it uh, uh, for a second. Um, what's kind of like upcoming for Boat Trader? So it sounds like, you know, you're about to outgrow the space. You're yeah. busting at the seams right now. Sure. Um, what's kind of like on the horizon? You know, I mean, we say that, but at the same time, you know, we're, we're, we, we have to be smart with what we're doing. Mm. You know, um, it, you know, we're in a, we're in a different economy mm. right now than we have been at any point of the life of this business. So we, we have to be very careful about the money that we spend and, sure. and have to be smart about it. So does that mean we're going to be moving? Man, I, I don't know. Mm. You know, it costs money to move. That's does right. that mean we're going to take on a building project where we're at? I don't know. Yeah. You know, money money's costing almost 10% right now. That's right. You know, is that smart? Is that being a good steward? Probably not. Mm. You know, so it's um, those are the, the kind of things that we're looking at. We do have some growth um, plans, uh, some some things that are we're already in motion uh, that'll be coming up. Nothing that I really want to get into sharing a whole lot about right now. Okay, uh, but it's it's uh, um, it's something that that'll be coming down the pike really soon. Really cool. Um, yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. So we're we're super excited about it. How do how would people keep in touch if there's somebody in the audience that wants to? Yeah, just just you can follow along uh, on all the social channels, whatever your favorite social channel is. What's we're, that? We're What's there that? At uh, Bowtreader. Bowtreader. Yeah. Okay. At Bowtreader for for anything you know as far as uh, uh, Facebook, Instagram. I think we're on TikTok. I okay. Don't, I don't do all that stuff. But, <laughs> uh, now you may wind up seeing me on there doing some kind of stupid dance or something every now and then. Oh, but, but we yeah, got it. We got to look it up now. Yeah, we yeah, got to look I don't, it up. I don't. Uh, I'm not the guy that's behind that, but. Uh, um, but yeah, so that's that's where people can keep up with us for sure. Love and come that. by, I mean, yeah, come, come by the shop. Yeah, you know? uh, that that's what I would encourage anybody to do. Even if you've never put a bow in your hand, come by and let us put a bow in your hand. Yeah, you know, come by and talk to us about what we're doing, what our mission is. Yeah, you know, we, we'd love to to engage with folks in that way. Uh, really thankful for having you on the show. Yeah. Uh, very inspired by the way that you approach business. That's um, cool, man. And even. Even to the point of like you know caring so much about kind of like the people and and the business at the same time and and that has what has led to your success from moving from a nine nine hundred square foot shop to now seven thousand square foot shop. It yeah. shows that the formula of what you're doing it works. Well, it shows that what we've done in the past has worked, mm. right? And um, I think I think every small business owner, I think everybody needs to realize that at any moment everything could change. Mm. Um, so, um, man, I'm thankful for where we've been. I'm thankful for where we've come from, for all the people that we've had the opportunity to work with. But I realize that just because we've started right here and we've made it here, you know, the end of our story could be 90 days away. Mm. You know, and that's if that's the case, that's okay. Mm. I don't want it to be, yeah. but if that's the case, you know, he's in control. So feel it, man. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thank, welcome. Uh, thank you so much for coming on to the show, and yeah. then uh, excited for everything that you are going to do in the future. Yeah, as well. I, I appreciate it, man. It's a lot of fun. Cool. Awesome. All right. Thanks, buddy.